0: So I went and called everyone I knew in Sydney and said, look, you know, I'm a qualified actuary now and I've got some unique skills because I've been over in the US. I know about the US accounting standards and how you could actually fill in those incredibly complex forms. I'm an expert. And they said, we could use that. And so I started consulting. And for a 27-year-old to be paid $150 an hour back in 19... 98 to work from home that's a millionaire status yeah that was like amazing and it helped fund me so I could do what I loved
1: welcome to the secrets of success podcast I'm your host dr. Ken keys so today's guest David Wood really takes us on a nomadic journey around the world as a traveler he was an actuary by time he was 24 Uh, out of Australia and then transferred to New York and then was just living all around the world with different responsibilities, but really ended up in the coaching field and helping individuals to increase their productivity and to double their income with less effort and really helping people around some principles. But the journey is just fascinating. And I just uh, imagine you will enjoy the show for that purpose alone. Now, as always, one of the things that we talked about is that knowing yourself, being clear and creating meaning in life is it lands on your plate. It's your responsibility and there's nobody else can live your life except for you. And we just want to encourage that. That's why CRG exists is that our purpose in life is to help others to live, lead and work on purpose and for you to realize your potential and our tools and resources do that for you. Now, obviously, we have a whole series of online courses that are now available in all our online assessments. So it doesn't matter where you're listening to this podcast. You have immediate access to all the tools and resources that are there so you can transform your life. And we're proud to say that our personal style indicator is now the number one rated personality assessment in the world by participants. And in addition to that, we have online courses that support it as well so thank you as always for being a secrets of success listener if you like what we're doing please pass it on share it or leave a positive comment on whatever platform you are consuming this podcast on so thank you as always and now here's our show with david wood welcome to the secrets of success podcast i'm your host dr ken keys well Success. I mean, it is the title of the show, and we always like to have experts on our show that help people to go to the next level, and today is no exception. We have David Wood, who is joining us, and so, David, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm glad to be here, Ken. Now, uh, David, you you really help uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, individuals go to the next level, and we'll get into that work that you have. But prior to that, we always like to hear the story of our guests as far as, how did you get here? So uh, just share with us sort of your, where did you grow up and some of your family before you kind of left high school?
0: Yeah, like the origin story, like X-Men Origins.
1: Yeah. That's the one, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, I grew up in a country town in Australia, about two hours out of Sydney um I guess you call, say we don't have a lot of classes in Australia but middle class parents my mum' a teacher my dad's a plumber and um had a tragedy at the age of seven my little sister died and we didn't really know about how that impacts people and they, you know you didn't send kids to therapy back then they didn't even mm. go to the funeral and so looking back I can now see I grew up with with a unique trauma, and I think what happened is I developed my left brain really well, and I started coming top of the school, and I was really good at math and systems and numbers and business. So I thought, well, what do you do when you're when you're really good at math? You'll be an accountant. And then I found out about this thing called an actuary, which no one knew what it was, mm. uh, but it was harder to qualify, and you got paid more, and there was more prestige if anyone knew what it was. And they were giving out scholarships for people to go and train as an actuary. They pay me to go to university. I was like, that sounds like what we're going to do. So I did that, managed to get a transfer to New York. And so at the age of 24, I'm there on Park Avenue. I've got an office. I'm working for one of the biggest consulting firms in the world, uh, human resource consulting firms. And... Consulting to Sony Music and Ford and Exxon and Procter and Gamble and it was like damn I've got a maid. and then uh, but I wasn't happy in my life I Was having trouble in my marriage and someone said why don't you go and check out this personal development course? I said no way. I don't want to be a self-help junkie who can't think for myself And uh, I went along anyway and checked it out and they tried to push me to sign up and they all smiled way too much and they all wore name tags. And I'm like, this is weird, this is some culty thing. But something was calling me, like you could learn something here. And I hadn't had any personal growth stuff for like years and I was like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm signing up, I went and did it and they cracked my heart open, they cracked my cynicism And during the course, I found myself coaching by accident. I couldn't help it. Someone was stuck. I'm like, well, did you try this? Or the teacher said this yesterday. And I changed somebody's life overnight. And I was like, wow, this is powerful stuff. So I trained. I quit my job. I trained as a coach. And that was back in 1998. And I'm rarely happier And when I'm helping someone take the puzzle pieces of their business and the puzzle pieces of their life and put them together in a format that makes more sense for them so that they can double their revenue and double their time off, sure, that's where we start. But how are you showing up as a human being? How are your relationships with your kids? How's your self-expression and your authenticity? How's your courage? Are you riding your edge? Because I want people to live a life that they can be fully proud of and say on their deathbed, I have zero regrets. I really gave it everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's cool, David. And I want to get deeper into that. However, <clears throat> I just want to uh, slip back. What was sort of your, um, and again, sorry for the situation with your sister, um, your parents, what did they do as uh, for professions in Australia?
0: Mother was a, a teacher, high school teacher, and my father was a plumber. And um, did you have other siblings? Um, two years after my sister's death, my brother was born. So I now I do I do have a brother, mm, who is cool. amazing, and I couldn't be prouder. <clears throat> what was of you- a human now is he still in australia or is he moved yeah to my mom and dad live in australia and he moved to melbourne he's he lives there with his his wife and his two kids well i have a bias, uh david that uh, australia is my second love as a
1: country uh many many years ago i was engaged to a lady from brisbane uh I, my uncle was stationed in if you know melbourne area in geelong <clears throat> so i visited him in the 80s we probably passed each other on the road when i was uh um traveling way back then yeah could be (laughs) along the way so with that you when you came to uh, new york what was sort of the courage or draw driving you to get the transfer i mean you could have stayed in australia so why transfer what
0: was what drove that decision What what a great question no one's ever asked me that i was traveling in 1990, once I I had graduated, I had a job already lined up because they'd paid for my scholarship and they were hoping I would work for them. It was an unbonded scholarship. Mm. And I said, look, thank you, and I need to travel. I, I really want to travel. I want to go and see the world. And um, so I wanted to buy a round-the-world ticket and spend a year backpacking. I was very excited about it. And they had this great idea. They said, why don't you... What if you worked for a year first and saved up some money? They were very clever. Saved Mm -hmm. up some money and, you know, got a good footing here in the company and then we'll let you go for a year and you can come back to us or you cannot. Very clever. And so I agreed. I did the year with them. I did the travel and I wanted to keep traveling but Ken, I couldn't afford to keep doing, doing it. I was like 21 or two or something. I, mean, I, c- I can't afford to keep doing this. And I thought, what if I lived in another culture? Then it's like I'm traveling every day, but I'm getting paid. Mm-hmm. So I went and asked. I went and asked. I said, is there any way I could get a transfer? Because it was a multinational company. And they said, well, yeah, maybe, whatever. And a bigwig came from the U.S., And there was a luncheon, and I was one of a few people who were selected to be able to have a lunch with this bigwig. And I asked his advice. I just said, how would you do it? How would I make this happen? Now, I don't know if it was that question or just luck that when the international office put out a call for people from different offices, so they were setting up the international um, hub, my name was put forward. I went over and interviewed and... I had a ponytail too i was like i can i'll be successful even with a ponytail because i'm that arrogant actually i was very (laughs) arrogant and um it's amazing i went over did the interview and even with the ponytail they said we're going to take this guy we're going to take a bet on him and then um i ended up cutting off the ponytail because it really was inhibiting some of the clients that they could send me to they'd send me to sony music they'd take me to chanel but I wasn't seeing like Ford and Exxon and, and like that. So finally, I'm like, you know what? A guy said to me, why are you trying to be successful in spite of a ponytail? You're an idiot. Be successful in spite of having complete integrity or telling the truth in every situation. Try and be successful in spite of long hair. Mm. I went and cut my hair the next day.
1: Mm. Cool. So you, you began this and, you know, a lot of our work we do here at CRG is around people's purpose and their calling and you saw actuary as an opportunity and you very um, quickly discovered that this wasn't your passion in life. You're sitting, you're there in New York, you've transferred park Avenue, you're not feeling fulfilled. How did you um, determine this next step or get out of that? Cause a lot of times people get trapped. I remember coaching a friend of mine who was a medical doctor who, who stayed in the profession for 15 years, even though he is miserable every day. So how did you, at that young age, just get the chutzpah to be able to get out of this sort of track that you had already put yourself in?
0: Yeah, I love that question. Well, firstly, the personal growth course helped. It really opened me up and it got me involved in doing some charity mission and was really trying, to, I was trying to raise $10 million for the homeless. So I'm working on all that. And I wasn't I wasn't feeling like I, I, I separated from my wife and I was dating and I had this idea that I had more friends in Australia uh, than I had in New York. I kind of missed my friends. And I had this idea that I'd be happier there. Uh, I'm not sure that was a, it was accurate, but that was my idea. And so I went to my boss and I said, I think I, I need to go back to Australia, but not for another uh, 12 months. Is it okay if I keep working for you for another year and then I, I'll go back to Australia, maybe even get a transfer back? And they actually agreed. Like most companies will fire you. They said, no, get out of here. They actually mm. agreed. So I was able to do it with integrity. And then I decided if I'm going to move countries... That seems like an opportunity if i'm going to be jobless for a little bit maybe this is a break or i could do something that i really want to do and i asked myself if i had six months to do anything what would it be and the answer was i'd always loved seeing those guys at the ski fields who'd uh put on an Aberwig wig and play blame it on the boogie and walk around the crowd at the bar and get everybody singing they'd sing piano man and and it really entertained the crowd and I, I was like I just love that I'd love to do that so I did I, I, I did it for a year and a half that's what I did I went and got a singing lesson I got a gig at um, a squash court I was actually playing at a bar inside of a squash court for 50 bucks that was my first gig and that's what I did for a year and a half I didn't say oh I've got to go and be an actuary again or I'm going to be a coach and then during that process I met a coach and I found out that coaching was a profession and people were actually starting to get paid for it and I said I have to do that so I committed to a training program I let go of the professional entertaining because I wasn't a great singer but but the thing that really required chutzpah moving countries didn't require because I figured I'd just get a job with the same company when I was done with this other stuff but doing that entertaining and getting up in front of people and singing and I'm not a good singer that required a lot of courage and going on national TV on our gong show in a kilt and singing on that was one of the scariest things I've done (coughs) in my life and I nearly literally peed my pants on national television in a kilt I was that terrified that mm. Now, were you uh, back in Australia at this point, David? Yeah, where were you, you doing the And I and I did that in Australia, so I moved countries again. I think that was time number two that I I switched countries. And
1: so now, were you
0: down in the Sydney or Melbourne, or just traveling the entire country? I was in Sydney, and um, while I while I was doing this professional entertaining, I thought I I could use some money. I got some savings, but that'll go so far. So I went and called everyone I knew in Sydney and said look, you know, I'm a qualified actuary now and I've got some unique skills because I've been over in the U.S. I know about the U.S. accounting standards and how you could actually fill in those incredibly complex forms. I'm an expert. And they said, we could use that. And so I started consulting. And for a 27-year-old to be paid 150 bucks an hour back in 1998 to work wow. from home, that's a millionaire status. Yeah, that was like amazing, and it helped fund me so I could do what I loved. And then uh, I started coaching. And after about a year of coaching, or two years of coaching, I resigned from the Institute of Actuaries of Australia. And that, oh, mm. I just took a, I just took a breath. That was a big move to let go of something that I sweated blood and tears. Yeah. Uh, for for eight years to qualify for and i said no longer i don't i don't want to maintain the continuing education credits i don't want to study for 40 hours a year i don't want to do it if i ever have to i can go back and i'll beg them and i'll find a way to get back in but that was 1998 99 never went back mm. so what would you say to listeners i mean because you know i have
1: a book called the quest for purpose david is what would you say to listeners who are kind of in that same conundrum or place that you're in where ah, I've done all this work, I've invested all this training, this education in the space that I'm not happy in? What would you yeah. say to those people?
0: Well, when, when you say that and you ask that question, what do I say to people who are unhappy in their job or what they're doing and they want to make a transition? What comes up for me is the idea of fear. I imagine it's can be quite scary. So, look, the short version is get a coach. That's a short version. Have someone to keep calling you to account and saying what do you really want, help you get clear on the vision, help you get excited by it so that the excitement is greater than the fear, and then help you work out what you're afraid of so that you can chunk it down and maybe make it a bit safer. Like for me, I didn't, I didn't just launch into a career as a coach. I did something on the way. And I didn't do a cold turkey. I did a bit of consulting to smooth the way. So short version is get a coach. But fear is likely to come up. And as you were asking the question, I thought about some things that I've been afraid of in the last two weeks and something I'm afraid of right now. Mm. And so one of the things that happened two weeks ago is... um, They've got this experimental treatment here in Boulder for depression and anxiety. And I'm like, all right, well, I've been struggling with those for years. Why don't I try it out? They actually load you up with anesthetic. And, and I have a therapist in the room and they see what happens. It takes certain parts of the brain offline and, you know, parts of your psyche will come out. I had a panic attack. Now, panic attack, at the best of times, is not a good thing. But while you're Mm. loaded up with anesthetic and can't think clearly and you're thinking it's an allergic reaction, it was a really scary experience. The big question was, after that, how do I go back for session three? Mm. Given this is the second session, how do I go back with that fear? So I think that's a really important thing to look at if you're thinking about Switching jobs or switching careers or starting a new venture—it's scary, and that's fine. I I lose sleep sometimes. Right now, I'm looking at committing to renting a mansion. I never lived in a mansion before, and I'm looking at committing to this, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous about all the variables and the unknowns and the or what could go wrong and everything, and it impacts my body. But then I go and I get some coaching. I get coaching. Like, what am I afraid of? Oh, maybe the term isn't quite right. Or maybe it's a bit open and exposed instead of in the mountains. I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm not confident I'll get the right person to share the house with. And then you work on these things one by one by one and start to get aligned with the vision. And my vision, which is bigger than my nervousness, is... Mm a safe nest, a home where my nervous system can drop in, be comfortable, enjoy, and where I can entertain and host community. That's my, soothe my nervous system and have community um, and really give that gift to myself. So it's a long answer to to your question, but I think it's also a complex question. And purposefully and complex. <laughs> so, thanks for David, and thanks for being
1: real about it. Now, you're in Australia, and I, you know, prior to us going on air, we know that you live in Boulder, Colorado. Take us through the journey of. Okay, so now you're a coach. You're starting to really get into this space and see that this is your calling, your assignment. Uh, you're in Australia. You're a coach. Just take us through some of the steps and things that that led you to where you are at now and the work that you're doing.
0: Now, this is fun, man, journey down memory lane. So <clears throat> firstly, I met this guy who was in a coaching program and I've been wanting to be a coach for a year and I was like, dude, I kind of want to do that, bit hesitant to commit the funds. Um, I said, what if I hire you and I, I'll be a practice client for you and I'll pay you $25 a week? And you coach me and I'll I'll learn by osmosis, monkey see, monkey do. So that was the first thing that I did. Second thing I did is I printed some business cards and put them in my pocket, said, I'm a coach. Carried those around for a few months. <laughs> Didn't do anything with them, but I carried them. Mm-hmm. And then... A woman was auditioning to be part of my musical duo because I'm not a good singer, so I figured I'd get a singer. And she was having some troubles in her life. And I said, "Look, I'm just starting a coaching practice. If you like, you could be my practice client, and I'll charge you $25 a week." So, boom! Already, I'm breaking even, right, with my investment and and my first client. And we do a first I do a first session with her. And she'd say, this was great. What are we going to do next session? I said, ah, wait and see. Because I didn't know what you do in a second session. I hadn't had my second session with my coach. So I was like, ah, just wait and see. And then I had my second session with him. I was like, all right, this is what you do. So that's how I got started. And then I enrolled someone in training me. And he said, I believe in you. You can work for me. And we we did a trade. So he gave me this coaching program. I worked for him. And then I went and hired, I realized if I want to accelerate my progress, I need to hire someone who's really good at it and who's done it. So I went and hired one of the best coaches in Australia and she was awesome. She helped me set my boundaries. She helped me set my pricing structure. She helped me set my agreements and she helped me come up with a marketing method that would work for me, which as it turned out was speaking and that was scary now this is a whole new thing i got to learn how to do i got to go and speak to groups and speak for clients uh and offer offer a coaching session at the end so a little bit like actually not a little bit exactly like what i'm doing now i never made that link but this is exactly what i did except it was live in front of a group of people and I'd give them some content and I'd share something that was really useful and I'd say if you think you could use coaching fill in this form and I'll get in touch we'll have a session just like I'll do at the end of this call I say if you think that you might be a fit for what I provide I'm happy to get on the phone for 15 minutes with you and we'll see if I can help you so that's how I did it and then the other marketing method that I happened onto to because I'm a geek and I come from an actuarial background, I like numbers and systems. I I created a website and looked into search engine rankings. How do I rank highly for the search term life coaching? And I was successful in that. I was successful to the tune of being number one on Google out of 23 million results and I got, that filled my business. I just getting inquiries every day. People from around the world, I'd be coaching them on the phone. Um, so I guess it was a combination of speaking and the search engine optimization, which we didn't even call it that back then. It was just, mm-hmm. I want to get ranked high. Yeah, for sure. So then how did you make uh, the jump back to the
1: U.S. from Australia? When did that happen?
0: Well, I was dating a woman who... I had met when I was five years old and we never spoke to each other. I don't remember one conversation in all of high school. And then 20, uh, 20 years after high school, I meet her at a reunion. We get together and we had a wonderful relationship and then things weren't quite working. And I said, I need, I feel like I need some outside stimulus. I want to travel again for a couple of months. And she said, well, If you do go and do that, we're not going to stay monogamous, then we we need to break up. And I said, well, I feel sad about that, but, you know, things aren't quite working. Okay, maybe that's what we need to do. Anyway, I went on this two-month journey, and when I got to California, I had this realization. I don't have to go home ever. I had my wallet, my passport, and my laptop and my business was virtual so that was with me um i just broken up with my partner so i didn't have a relationship to manage while i was traveling and i had re- i was renting a home i had a lease so that was the only thing i had to work out so i called her up and i said look what do you say i pay the rent for the next 3 months just so that you know it's not a shock to you and a surprise and then after that you take over the lease and you work out the payments and we'll leave all my stuff there. I'll come back in a year or so and you keep it until I'm back and then we'll sell it off. She said, okay. And that was it. I didn't go back. I just did not go back to Australia's. So I've done that at least twice in my life, maybe three times where I've gone traveling and I just realized I didn't need to or want to go back. Mm.
1: Wow, well, wow. so you're in California, but now you're in uh,
0: Colorado. How did that happen? <laughs> All right, so there was, there was. Um, I got to California and I ended up living in New York again because I, my best friend was there and I'm like, I wanna live with you, man. We're gonna have a blast and I did and we did. And then I was in a relationship and it was brutal for me. I kept getting triggered, anxiety, depression. I was trying open relationships, and it was not it's not good for me, it's not a good look for me. And after we broke up, I was so miserable, I decided to go and be with friends in Calgary for 10 days. And in the meanwhile, I was gonna go and hang out with the Transformational Leadership Council with Jack Canfield and, and John Gray and, and like that, 10 days. Got to Calgary did the did the Leadership Council and I was having such a good time in Calgary and starting to feel better, I realized I don't have to go back to New York ever. So I didn't. I didn't. I, I went looking for a new home and I found a, a home in um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I went and went hung out with Byron Katie for a for a month and I'm like, I'm not going back. So I was already subletting to someone in New York. Um, no, I started subletting by remote my apartment and it was pretty good money. And then uh, you weren't supposed to do that. So I got in trouble for doing that and I had to put everything in storage and I didn't want to go back to New York. So I had a friend, uh, a neighbor, supervised movers to put all my stuff in storage until I found a home. And when I found a home, they shipped everything out to San Francisco and I did not go back to New York. So that's how I got to the Bay Area. Now, if you want to know how I got to, to uh, Boulder, I'll try and give you the short version. Again, I was in a relationship. I wasn't feeling uh, too happy in my life and I thought, again, what would I do if I had six months to do anything, six months to live? And I realized I would spend more time in Bali so I went to visit Bali. It felt really good. Uh, my girlfriend and I were kind of like looking like the relationship was going to end for good reasons. And I thought, what would it be like to live here? So some people said, do you live here? I said, yeah, just to see how it felt. And it felt pretty good. So I went back to the U.S., sold everything I had except for two suitcases, moved to the rice fields of Bali And I had it made in the shade for a while until the universe said, all right, it's time to go. And um, I went traveling the world for two years. I think it was two years, went to Colombia, went to Mexico, went to Canada, I went to Australia again, kept coming back to the US. Plus I got my green card back, which almost never happens, but they gave it back to me. And a friend of mine was living in Boulder and he was training people in authentic relating and he said there's a good crew here why don't you come and help me decide if I should live here or not I said I've always loved Boulder you got it so I flew to Boulder a couple of years ago love the crew I said yep you should live here and I'm going to too he said well I've changed my mind I'm going to live in San Francisco but you have a good time that's how I got to Boulder and Love yeah, that's this. where you are. A mountain. Man, was David, the David.
1: What, what? What? A, what? A nomadic story. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, yeah. through all of this, you were virtu- You were doing virtual coaching, and yeah, your laptop was your time. your business. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we we've, we've probably have I don't know twelve. 13 minutes left kind of thing. And, um, but what I want to do is make sure that we get some nuggets because I think your, your story of transition is encouraging the other people to just embrace this flow that you've um, got going. But when you're teaching individuals to increase their success in life and, you know, you help people about one of the statements you make on your site as far as, you know, doing less and making more kind of thing – just take us through the steps when you're coaching me some general principles and terms that you are embracing with your clients to help them go to the next level.
0: Yeah, thank you. So firstly, why like where are we heading and where we're heading is most people who get on a call with me, they want a double revenue. Okay, great. Second thing is they want more time off. They want to be more leverage so they're not a slave to their business. So that's what the program's designed to do, and then along the way, how are you showing up as a human? Because I want you to love your life. Now, to get there, I de- identified nine skills that you gotta have, and they come in three buckets. So the three buckets are productivity. I want you to achieve twice as much in half the time. Is that too much to ask? No, that's the first bucket. The second bucket, I'll say what the buckets are and then break them down a little. The second bucket, is money. I want to know uh, what it's gonna take for you what's the plan for you to double revenue. Let's let's set that up. And the third bucket is leverage so that you're not doing everything and juggling too many balls and feeling crazy and and basically sabotaging your own success. So to break those down, the first one with productivity, we've got to plot your course. That's that's week one. The second week We've got to boost your productivity and get rid of all those habits that are shooting you in the foot and make sure you, this is what I'm doing today. Boom, did it. The third one is mindset. Are you running on fear? Have you found your edge and you're writing it? When a problem happens, do you welcome it? All right, I eat problems for breakfast. We'll look at mindset. So that's a foundation. And then in the money bucket, i break that down into three weeks as well. Do you have a trickle of leads or a flood of leads? We want you to have a flood. Is your conversion high? When you get traffic to your website, your people on the phone, are you converting at a high rate? Otherwise, you're just throwing money away. And then thirdly, are you leveraging your existing customers? Because it's too easy to constantly chase for new customers and not just go back to the ones you have and maybe upsells, get referrals, get testimonials, um, like that. And then in bucket number three leverage this is about team so in week seven identify your genius what is it that only you can do that you love and let's get a list of everything else and map out when that gets farmed out that's that and then the second uh week eight we've got to harness talent it's time for you to hire What are your systems for hiring? Do you have a system so that you get like amazing people at a really good price who are thrilled to be a part of your team? And then the last bucket, motivation and accountability. You got a team now, you got people, and we got to look at how do they self-manage? What are the systems you have in place for acknowledgement and for challenge? And uh, and settle that up because people start to get a bit lost once they've now got a few people to work with. And I want also say, listeners, the plan for you isn't going to be the same as the plan for the next woman or the next man. And so usually at the beginning, I, what I have people do, I have a, t- a training that does this. We assess where you're strong and where you're weak. You might be like week one, four and seven. That's where we've got to start. And that might be your plan to double revenue and your time off. Just because I mentioned nine skills doesn't mean you need to work on all those nine skills. We need to identify which of those nine that I just mentioned are going to make the biggest difference in the shortest period of time for you. Oh, and by the way, I have an offer for your listeners and I will get to that at the end. But if, if you meet certain criteria, I will get on the phone with you for 15 minutes and we will identify that. We will work out which of those skills you would need to work on first. I'm happy to identify the low hanging fruit. And I do that for free because it's how I find the right people to work with. Maybe we're a fit- Well, we
1: might as well use this opportunity, David, to say how can people find out about you and how would they find out about the offer? So just fly, fly away about all your links that you have.
0: Okay, there's one link. I wanted to keep it really easy. So the link is, uh, I'll give the link in a minute. What I've done is I created a gift basket of goodies, I'll give you the link. There's a, an opt-in page where you say, yes, I wanna I want to get all this information. Um, you can unsubscribe from the mailing list if you don't wanna get great video content from me. And then it gives you the, the list of goodies. There's a cheat sheet on how to double what you achieve in half the time. And there's a link where you can book a call with me. And, uh, and I will ask you questions. It's not like, oh, we just get on the phone and we chit chat. You'll fill in an application and it'll ask you some, some probing questions about your life and your business, which I hope is very valuable for you just doing that. And then you'll get a link to my calendar and you can book directly that call and we'll see if we're a fit for each other or not. And there are a couple of other goodies I put in there that I won't mention, but I created a gift basket and the link is myfocusgift.com. What better mm. link to give you the gift of focus than myfocusgift.com dot com it takes you to a hidden page on my website with this gift basket if you just go to my website you can't find this so i r- recommend you write that down myfocusgift.com. com mm,
1: mm. well thank you david for offering the uh, offering the listeners this information for them and to be able to and those of you that are listening that you want to find out more than for sure uh, go there and get all of these things from uh, david now David, with about four or five minutes left, what would be your you know, final, final pieces of wisdom for uh, the listeners to kind of take their life to the next level beyond what you've shared with us so far?
0: You're not broken. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong. Particularly if you can enjoy the ride you have right now, then you don't need anything For me, what coaching is about is creating a bigger game. It's like, all right, I got this game and this game is cool. I want to create a bigger game. This is the business I want. This is the life I want. Let's map it out, create a plan and then get in action. That's a fun game for me. And so if that's if that's something that that you'd enjoy, work with somebody. Could be a therapist, could be a coach, could be me, could be someone else. But there's a reason Bill Gates says everyone needs a coach. I don't think the need word is true, but I think it's a really fun game to play. So if, if that interests you, I'd love to hear from you. And if you there might be another coach that you're really interested in, go work with them. Just, just set your goal, set your course, and I want you to have a really fun time going for the stuff that would have you do the happy dance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when
1: you think about some of the reasons that people don't take the next step that they might want to ponder uh, after they listen to this episode and then reconsider reaching out. What are some of the things that you have, you know, beyond, we talked about fear earlier in the show, but beyond yeah. that, what are some other yeah, possibilities? You're
0: good. Yeah. Well, I, I want to just touch on the fear again, because some people are afraid. What if I try everything? i really go for it and put money down. And what if I fail? Mm-hmm. What does that mean about me? So it does take courage to say, Let's find out. Like this, this mention, if we sign the lease tomorrow, this could be a bad decision. I could blow a lot of money on this thing and I might go, all right, this is the wrong decision. I'm willing. So that's one thing. Have, have the willingness to say, I want to know. I want to find out what happens if I really go for it. Some people are afraid if they succeed. I think mm. that's a real thing. It's like, what if I like, get everything that I want? That could be scary. Maybe I'm going to lose it, stuff like that. I think another thing that stops some people is just that it's so uncertain. I don't know exactly what I'm going to get in coaching. Mm. That's so true. Now, I, here's what I could say. It might give you some comfort. I don't lock people into year-long contracts. I invite you to commit to a year. I think that would serve you, but... Worse, it could happen as we coach for a month and you don't like it, or you find that it wasn't any good, or maybe you find out I'm an idiot, and you've burned one month. That's the downside. The upside is limitless. So that's I'm an actuary. I'm always looking at things in terms of risk and reward, but that's what I would say. And look, if there's nothing you want, if you're just like everything's good, everything's set, then I'm not. I'm not talking. Um, about your situation. It's the people who are like, you know what? I really could have more. I really would enjoy it. I'd like more cash. I'd like more time off. I want my life to look different. You're who I'm speaking to. Well, David, David Wood, thank you for hanging out with us today. My pleasure, Ken. This was a different kind of interview for me and I really enjoyed a trip down memory lane. And also I love that we got to talk about the nitty gritty of, of how coaching can show up in the lives of a, of a business owner. So thanks, man, for you and your questions. I uh, have high praise for you.
1: Well, thank you, David. Uh, I just appreciate, I know it's just a natural process for me, uh, appreciate story, and that story is important in a person's journey, speaks to the people that are out there in some way that they will identify it with it. So stay with us, David. So you've been listening to David Wood. We'll make sure that myfocusgift.com is in the show notes so that you uh, are able to find out about his secret gifts that he has available and plus a link to his calendar to be able to uh, book a coaching call. Wow, what a treat that would be. And, you know, my encouragement to you, and you know that you've listened to different shows from Secrets of Success, is that our purpose to help others to live, lead, and work with purpose and that uh, you are... It's not that you're arrogant, you're but you are worthy in that you have meaning. You have a contribution to make, but it's our responsibility to do it. And I agree with David hundred percent that having a coach is critically important. Who, you know, what professional athlete is out there without a coach? And if they don't have a coach, you say, hey, what's wrong? And so why would we be any different? So if you like what we're doing, please pass it on, share it, let somebody else know about Secrets of Success or leave a positive comment in whatever platform you're listening on. You've been listening to Secrets of Success. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes.